Hello and welcome to Don't Feed the Geeks, presented by the Long Island Comic Guys, the masters of the geeky verse. Well, welcome back, geek freaks. I am TC, joined by, as always, by JJ. What up? How are you? No Toy Story today, guys. He had um, something to deal with. Like everything's going to be okay, but he can't be with us today. So it's just us for now. Um, we'll jump in. I guess I'll take the geek beat. Um, but our main topic today is super exciting. We are joined, we will be joined later by John and Richard from Bronze and Modern Gods. We had an awesome conversation with them. They're two super cool guys. If you're not listening to their show, make sure you subscribe to that as well. Watch it after ours. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're good guys, though. They have a lot of good information. Kind of a lot of the same stuff we're all saying, you know, you know, be smart. You know, a lot of good comic book advice out there. But, but before that, we will do the Geek Beat. And before we get into the Geek Beat, though, we want to make sure you're hitting that subscribe button, turning your alerts on so you know when you get your new episodes. Hit those thumb-up likes, you know, t message us in the comic comment section if you want to if you have an opinion on anything we talked about or you know you can reach out to us on instagram at li comic guys or at don't feed the geeks podcast we're pretty active on all of them and uh, on facebook as well all right with all the corporate that was excellent that was really good you did that in one breath it was awesome yeah i've been i've been practicing that i sit in front of the mirror and while my wife yells at me so that i have background noise perfect <laughs> um yeah so with that being said we've gotten all the corporate jargon out of the way we're gonna jump into the geek beat and i think what we're gonna start with so we're gonna try and get the negative stuff out of the way first so we recently heard that Lucasfilm has released a statement regarding Gina Garano. Um, if you don't know who she is, she was playing what was the name of the character on uh, Star Wars? In the, uh, the big bad bitch. I don't know. She was. <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> um, well, she was. Um, she made some social media posts that um, people weren't happy about, and they said that she's not not. Cur I will tell you the exact quote. They said that and this is lucasfilm she is not currently employed by lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future so i think some of the things that she said in my personal opinion i think she was trying to send a positive message but kind of use some bad examples of trying to spread that message and you know it came off the wrong way and you know hopefully she can clarify you know what she meant or you know what she really thinks uh, in the future, and maybe they can get it sorted out. Cara Dune. Yep, I'll just come out and say because we need more Cara Dune. It was it was yeah. such a great character, and it's sad. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I guess kind of following that, um, recently, I don't know if you know who Charisma Carpenter is. Um, I have no idea who is this girl. She was she played. I don't know if did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Enough, not enough to know who – I mean, I know who Sarah Michelle Keller were. Yeah, I mean, she obviously. plays Cordelia. So her, Michelle – so Charisma Carpenter, Sarah Michelle Geller, Michelle Trachtenberg, they kind of came out and, you know, were making these claims kind of like on the, you know, on the cusp of – well, I don't know if it's the cusp or on the, you know, behind all these statements that Ray Fisher has been making about how Joss Whedon is very unprofessional and he has – kind of an abusive relationship with a lot of the actors he works with. So, 
you know, there's that's another thing coming out on Joss Whedon. So it could be that there might be some water or weight to, um, you know, the kind of guy he is. And I think he was just recently removed from a project he was working on for yeah. HBO Max too. So it seems that, you know, he can make pretty decent shows and things that people like, but he's kind of a jerk. So, um, but hopefully we... Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly at this point. So hopefully we find out more about that. I feel like when it's like one person, it's one thing. But, you know, when you have like the waves yeah. of people starting to come out, it, it, gets, it gets tough to to really like patch that allegedly um, thing onto someone, which stinks because he seems to have a talent for, you know, the industry. Yep. But, you know, Agreed. It is what it is. Um, all right. So you guys in the comic book community probably already know Keanu Reeves is making this book Berserker. We'll talk about it later with John and Richard. Uh, there's going to be probably about 10 billion copies of that. <laughs> but to add to the Keanu Reeves craze, there's a rumor floating around that he was um, approached by Sony to portray Craven the Hunter. Now, it's not a bad pick. I like the look that he has. I would like him to get a little, you know, more fucked up for yeah. it. But um, we'll see. The problem is, is that all this, you know, Sony stuff not related to the MCU. The MCU. I don't know if they're going to fix that in the future, but I don't want to waste Keanu Reeves on just the solo movie of Craven the Hunter. I mean, at the very least, it's got to have some relation to Spider-Man, but... Yeah. I mean, again, this is just a rumor and it's kind of just floating around out there on the internet. Nothing's true until I see a preview. So that's my stance on it, or at least until it's announced. <laughs> I just don't, I, I think Sony should just like, let's offload this. Let's bring it all into Disney. I know it's, it sucks, but like, they just, they get too much money. They're never going to let it go. I know. It just, you know, it, it ruins so much other things behind the scenes with, the movies and the stories and it just it's no you're right it's it's the it's the missing marvel link that they really need because they have everything else but that yeah we'll Sad. see what happens um pretty cool news here though so two game of thrones alums and pedro pascal who is literally riding the wave of like fame right now aside from that you know wonder woman um, catastrophe he was involved in um him and bella ramsey who i forgot the name but i think she was like the bear something um she was the young girl who was like the head of her house in um in game of thrones they're both going to be starring in the last of us series on hbo max as joel and ellie i've never played this game i don't know jj have you played it no but uh toy story was a big fan of it he, He's played, he played both of it. Yeah, and this girl, she was awesome. Again. Oh, she was a fantastic young actress. She, she yeah. became the queen of, of her family. And, yeah. yeah. It, so was, uh, it was really cool. Oh, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I don't know much about the story. I, uh, I've i been wanting to play the game, but I, it's hard to pick up the first game because it's all sold out everywhere because when the second one came out, everybody went out and bought the first one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, apparently from what Toy Story is, it's a fantastic game. Great story and everything else. Yeah, I may actually check this out because I'm really starting to enjoy. It. I mean, I've always enjoyed Pedro Pascal for the most part, but you know, those two together sound like something. Oh, I may, awesome! They want to watch, unless it's zombie related, and then I'm not interested. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. I don't know. 
All right, so I think we have a few more HBO Max things. So the Peacemaker, that um, show with John Cena, uh, it's going to be a series on HBO Max as well, Is has a premiere of January 2022. So I guess it's kind of maybe done already, or they're just working on editing, but it seems like... Uh, do you know anything about the Peacemaker character? I mean, I don't. So I'm really bad with DC and especially obscure DC. I think probably the only person that I know that be able to tell us that is probably either Jeff, Jeff or Zach. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know much about him. He looks like kind of like Bullet Man. <laughs> you know, there's a few movies I've seen John Cena in. Like they've always been like comedy driven somewhat i like, mean these definitely are going to probably be the same thing i don't think yeah. this would be like a serious character suicide squad in general too is like just a mix of violence and comedy it's now it yeah. never really has like a super serious aspect to it so i think that's probably going to follow like the same thing it's probably going to be like over exaggerated comedy at least interesting um and then the last bit of um kind of hbo max related news so photos and kind of i guess like a video clip of superman in his black costume first uh zach snyder's justice league and jared Le and pictures of jared leto as a joker uh have been circulating on the uh interwebs so i mean i don't know how much longer it is apparently we're getting a full trailer on um the 14th which was yesterday just release this movie already. Just get it. Just release it. I'm so tired. I want to see it. I really want to just see it. I'm at the same mind. I just want to see it, have it be over with in my life, and move on, kind just of thing. Stop with these extra images and trailers. Like we've, I think we've already seen enough of that. Like just release it. Let's get. Let's start it. Let's go. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, and also another trailer we got was we saw during the Super Bowl. I think it officially released, but the trailer for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's going to be streaming on March 19, 2021. I didn't do the numbers, but it's probably very close to when WandaVision is going to end. So I'm actually super excited about that. I feel like every time I see like clips or like images of it, I get a total, total like lethal weapon vibe from it. I think it's going to be an awesome like buddy cop, you know, drama, but, you know, throwing superheroes into the mix. But um, I really love it. Like, just like the dynamic between um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, where, like, he's, like, he's like hanging underneath the truck, and, like, the Falcon's like, that little girl whooped your ass. <laughs> and he goes, oh, shut up. <laughs> Again, let's just yeah. release it. Let's see this thing. Like, yeah, I'm just, see, you know, everything, everything's got to be there. And All then right. – um, Let's briefly talk about this last episode of WandaVision. So we're talking about episode five, guys, not yes. um, not episode six, which just came out um, Friday. We're, re we're recording this on Thursday, so we haven't watched it yet. Um, but episode four, huge reveal. Wow. Um, you know, what, what do you think? What were your first impressions, JJ? You know, I, I didn't expect – you know, I tried to stay away from – Facebook and the internet all day Friday. Cause I, I watched on division at night, you know, close to 10 o'clock at night with my wife. So we watch it. So I try to stay awake, but the, you know, there's this one post I saw that caught my eye, like, and they had a picture of uh, uh, fury. So I thought the whole day, I'm like, damn it. Fury is on this. Oh my God. Like why, 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 why fury? Cause the whole sword sword that, you know, scene at the end of the movie. So I went into this thinking like fury was going to show up. 
But lo and behold, it's somebody on a totally opposite end of the spectrum. Like, no idea. Never thought in a million years we'd get somebody from the X-Men movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, from the Fox X-Men movies. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had to look up that character because, you know, I didn't realize that there were two characters. So, you know, because you separate two movies. So, yeah, I knew there was a Quicksilver in Avengers. He died, whatever, brother. But totally lost focus at the Quicksilver that was on the X-Men. So that kind of brought a lot of questions to my mind. <laughs> uh, one being like, how did they make this happen? You know, after reading, you know, after the show, you know, a lot of people are now saying that, you know, that's not him. It could be this other guy because, you know, his image doesn't show up in the mirror when they pan on yeah, that. I, I saw this you know, too. I, I hate the speculation part of all this because now as of this today, I was reading that, you know, what's it? But, um, Mephisto? Mephisto, yeah. He may not even be in this. Yeah, so... Oh, that's the new thing I read today. I'm going, what's, like, stop, like, this brain scanning blow up in my <laughs> mind. Like, so, stop with this. So the spoiler alert here is, so Evan Peters, who portrayed yes. Quicksilver in, um, in the Days of Future Past, and I think the following X-Men films, I didn't see, I don't think I've seen any of the ones after... Uh, Age of Apocalypse. He was in that one too. Um, he appears at the end as her brother, and the the best part about it is Darcy actually says, "Oh my God, did they recast Pietro?" <laughs> and like, I love that part. That was it. funny. But so somebody on another podcast, or I think it was a comic dealer. I think he does a YouTube show as well. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know. I, I I can't remember his name. He like did some research, and apparently there's some character named, and I'm gonna look at my notes here. Ch Chathon or Chathon? It's C H T H O N. He appeared in um, Avengers 186, and I guess he like possesses Wanda. So now people are saying because, and again with that hand thing that you saw and the gray hand, which I think looks like it could just be BS anyway. Um, it could be like a boom mic, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, apparently everyone's specking that it's this guy now. I mean, no matter what, if Mephisto shows up in this or you know Doctor Strange, Mephisto's coming. Um, yeah, and you know, I you know watching even even the scene where you know where um, she comes walking out of the dome part, mm -hmm. does her little that thing, awesome. and, then, and, and then as she's walking in, like the whole dome turns red. And then that's kind of, because I know this Mephisto, it's everything's red with him. He's red yeah. in color. Like, and, kind of like a devilish character. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was kind of like, she was him. Like he like changed yeah. his form into her and that red was part of his I don't know, aura, whatever it was. So, you know, that started making sense, but then started reading all this other garbage out there. Who the hell knows now? Like it's, it could be, it could be anybody. It, it really could, and it's fun. And and I think the people who create these and do these, and Kevin Feige, maybe specifically, he probably likes to have fun with this. And like you know, we're just gonna screw with people. Which I mean, to a certain degree, I do. I really do like this part of it. Like you know, watching it and trying to, because I'm like, and, and my wife hates me because of this. Because I watch something and I'm like picking it apart as I'm watching mm -hmm. it. I'm not the type of person who just sits back. I don't know. Like I would love to be, but like I just I'm sitting there and I'm picking things apart like the whole time, and I'm just like, I need to figure it out what's going on. It's like it's like you know like trying to detective work it and they're they're keeping me guessing like i i don't know what's coming so it's it's really cool 
I've got the problem of, you know, I got to look everything up and, you know, and, you know, looking things up, like I didn't know a lot about the Scarlet Witch, her background. Like I knew she was the daughter of, you know, uh, Magneto, but, you know, then that begs the like, you totally forget that she was a mutant back in the comic books where, you know, in the MCU, she wasn't, was she a mutant? Was she so not a mutant? I think what people are saying is they're going to find out that her powers were more mutant related than right. they were. Yeah. So like, it was just, they, they, the, the, they call them like this, the special ones or something like that. Or like, I forgot how that guy from Hydra describes them. But, I, li- um, I like the whole fact, like you know, they're changing everything. Like they're changed. They're literally changing the story on us, which is great. I love that. Yeah. Just to bring in that. Hopefully the X-Men Oh, they're 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 coming. I mean, this is this is basically the first X Men. They're they're here. Basically, the X Men are here. Which are great. It's um it's going to be awesome. I think you know the the more that they put this you know world together, and again, like we said, Spider Man's really the only missing piece here. Um, and we have him for the most part, but you know we don't have him fully. But um, you know this is this is it. We have the entire universe which is which is great and i can't wait to see more and this show has been i i know you were like a little you know on the fence about it in the beginning but it's just been so amazing like what they've been able to do with this show it's it's just incredible like you know from the from the sitcom to like the point where she like walks out of the dome like you were saying before and you know ever since the last episode where they bring darcy in and um the other guy um what's his name is it woo yeah, uh, J- Jimmy Woo, Jim Woo, Jimmy Chu, or, Jimmy Chu or uh, I, I love him. He's so great. He's he's apparently going to get his own show, and I can't wait for it. Like an X Files type show, yeah. saying, where he goes on to different things. Um, another thing they mentioned though is there's a character she called like um, like that she knows like some Astro engineer or something. So people are now specking. There's this other guy like, oh, is it Rhodey or is it they're saying that there's this um, Blue Adam or something like that or I, I, I don't... It's been a book that's been hot for a while. I can't remember like what his name is specifically. I'll put it down here so you can see. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, he could be... that. That's the other interesting part of the episode. I want to know who it was that she called to like, you know, try and figure out yeah. uh, what was going on. But um, yeah, all good stuff. Um, you know, we'll we'll give you an update next time when we're when we're caught up to episode six. At, and was there two two left? I'm also hearing they're going to surprise us with like another episode as well. Like they're they're not telling us there's going to be like an additional episode than they um, already released. Bring it on. We'll see. All right. Well, that's a wrap for the Geek Beat. Uh, hopefully, I stood in well for Toy Story. Um, and next, we're going to move over to our interview with Bronze and Modern Gods. All right, guys, we are very excited to introduce our guests today. Yes, that's right, two guests uh, from Bronze and Modern Gods, John and Richard. John, <laughs> John. And Richard, welcome to the show. Every time. Yeah. Hi, guys. Is it awesome? Oh. It's always opposite, right? Yeah, it's always opposite. That's how I remember. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining, guys. We've been uh, looking forward to doing this for a while. Well, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. So normally how we like to start these out with our new guests especially is to kind of get your like origin stories in the world of geekdom or comic collecting, whatever that kind of initial bug was that, you know, kind of like 
bit you and you couldn't get out ever since. <laughs> so who wants to start? We'll go with uh, we'll go with the closest to me, like John. How about you start? <laughs> Uh, well, it started in kindergarten. I was uh, in kindergarten, <laughs> like everyone else. Five years old. Hopefully, unless you're one of those weirdo homeschooled people. Put another corn, sorry. Um, and I was on the playground during recess, and I found a tattered, beat-up copy of Captain America number 155. And the the cover, uh, yeah, I'm old. The cover fascinated me. It was Captain America fighting Captain America. And I didn't understand it. Um, and I looked around. Nobody was there to claim it. I put it in my back pocket and went right back to class after recess. And I read that thing until it was tatters. I didn't quite understand it. Of course, you know, in hindsight, it's the final part of this long Steve Englehart saga. <laughs> they weren't big on recaps back then. So, but something about it really stuck with me. And to this day, Captain America is my favorite character. That's awesome. That's a great right. one. That's probably one of the best ones we've had so far, to be That's honest. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you and still have that? Do you still have that book? I, I have a copy of Cap 155. I but do not, not know the original. You know, I was in the army when I was uh, 19 to 22. And while I was in the army, uh, my mom decided to have a garage sale. Moms always get to them. <laughs> oh, well, 43 long boxes, all my vinyl 12 inch mixes, rare stuff. You know, it's, it's an age old story. You know, my parents did the same thing when I went into the military. Sold everything. Like, what the I hell? Love you. you have a son in the military. Great. Let's get rid of his crap. God. <laughs> I feel you. have been there, done that. Banded issue, huh? <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, where my collecting bug reignited because I was like, okay, I'm going to rebuild all this. And, I, uh, you know, not to take away from Richard's story real quick, but uh, I rebuilt it twice since then and completely <laughs> sold him. So I'm always rebuilding. Good. Sounds fun. <laughs> Richard. Oh, me? Richard, okay. Richard, your turn. Oh, All right. Finally. <laughs> I, my comic book um, love started when my father wanted to keep me busy. Um, I remember he was visiting his friends. And this, he did this on a, on a regular basis. And I went with him. And he handed me a stack of a yay tall of... Legion of Superheroes and Adventure, um, you know, and Action Magazine. They're all DC books. It's just a stack. Some of them had covers, some of them didn't. And it, to me, it really didn't matter. It was, it was the golden age for um, Legion of Superheroes with you know Matter Reader Lad and Bouncing Boy, and uh, I, I was just completely fascinated. I read those books over and over and over and over and again, and. When I that I was must have been around like John I'm in uh, probably about nine years old let's say uh, when I got older and I and I was in high school uh, this is in the early eighties when you know it was the age of Byrne and Claremont uh, doing the X Men I got into the collecting again uh, I actually was collecting as opposed to just reading at that point. So I, I was buying Fantastic Four and I was buying X-Men and I was buying Superman and I was buying um, you know, all the big books back then, Wolverine and things like that. But I was also buying uh, because my the, my LCS, the guy who ran it, it was literally ran out of the guy's garage. Um, <laughs> he was big into the independent books. So Love and Rockets, um, 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, all those kinds of fanographic books. And, and it was just amazing. I was reading those as well as the, the Marvel and the DC books. And then um, life happened. And I got, you know, I ended up getting out of comic books and I, I ended up like dating and, you know, things along those lines. And I had this horrible, horrible, in, you know, uh, session with Magic the Gathering. And um, and then a few years ago, uh, I got the impetus to um, my mom's house where I had all my comic books was uh, we were trying to clean it out. So I went into the attic and I pulled out six dingy long boxes full of my comics from when I had collected from when I was in high school. And I pulled those out and I looked at them and I realized you know, immediately an attachment I had to them. And I, I took those to my house and we rebagged and reboarded all of them. And I looked and realized some of these things were worth a lot of money, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it got me interested in values of books and I started looking at the values of books and um, I've always been a numbers guy. I've always been someone who likes to process things. So, you know, looking at prices of books and figuring out grades and, and calculating all that stuff that I do now um, came about from my reconnecting to comic books. And uh, it's, it's just, it's just such an interesting hobby. You meet so many interesting people and, and, you know, that's, that's what keeps me interested in it right now. That's awesome. Cool. You know, it's, it's funny what you said, you meet like so many interesting people, you know, we've met so many people, you know, locally, like just through our area, but because of like COVID and everything, you know, we've been forced to like, you know, get a lot more electronic, do like a lot of this connecting, you know, online on Instagram. And we've like our, you know, our, the touch has like gone so much further. I mean, between like, you know, getting involved with elite and what they've been doing, mm -hmm. you know, checking out other people's, you know, lives, you know, I, I've checked out your guys' lives a few times. Um, you know, we can be heroes. We've checked out their lives, you know, it's, it's, and even, you know, we mentioned before minor keys, um, you know, we've met like so many different people that we probably like, you know, we were on Instagram and active before, but mm -hmm. we weren't really like actively like trying to connect like net, like we are now, which is, which has been really great to, you know, to grow the community, you know, coast to coast. <laughs> yeah. It's a great community. I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't mention anyone that I've met who just hasn't been warm and welcoming and eager to share information and it's just, just you know, different personalities and different types of people, but they all have that same undercurrent of just a, a community, and that's the, that's what I find really fascinating. It's funny you mentioned how the uh, uh, pandemic started all this and kind of uh, kickstarted going outside of your own community because Richard and I actually went to a huge comic book show in Southern California in January of last year, the California Comic Con, um, and we were there and shopping around and going from booth to booth. And it was just so funny to me because we're going from booth to booth and Richard's like, that's Jeff. He's the golden age guru. And I'm like, <laughs> guru. And I don't know where you're, he's like, oh, Instagram. There's a whole bunch of people on Instagram. I'm like, whatever, you know, and then Mark happens and I'm like, what's this Instagram thing you're talking about? <laughs> So, so quite quickly, how did you guys connect? Because, you know, um, Richard was telling us he's from Ohio and, and you're from California, right, John? I am from Ohio. I grew up. Uh, oh, you are originally Richard, from Ohio. Richard, Richard and I actually met at a comic book store that I managed. And oh. this is, you know, I won't. It, it, this is a great story. Trust me. <laughs> comic book store that I managed started out 
as a hobby for a guy who had a uh, meat market, a butcher. He was a butcher and he had a, a, a butcher shop. You know, he sold meats, Baker's Meats. And he loved comic books, especially Superman. So he was collecting and he, he got tired of paying retail. So he started a, an account with Capital City back in the day so he can get a discount. And he thought, you know what, I'm going to set up a rack and just become a direct sales distributor in this little town in Ohio that we were from. Wow. And I was one of his early customers. And after a while, I graduated high school and he's like, do you want to work for me? And I said, sure. So I was doing the comic books out of the meat market with Richard as one of the customers. Wow. And I'm like trying to sell Richard like the best stuff. I'm like, flaming carrot, you gotta be reading this. Uh, American flag, you gotta read this. And by the way, would you like a pound of sausage? <laughs> it literally was like that sometimes. We have the best monster cheese right Real now. Real sausage, right? That yeah, exactly. It was, oh, it was great. It was a great Jewish deli. I mean, it was hyper <laughs> It was great. And the comic books, uh, grew and grew. And so eventually he let me do a storefront and I was running the store and uh, Richard and I were like hanging out and, and talking comic books. And I, it gets even weirder. Um, we like the same kind of music, alternative music, industrial, like front two, four, two and old ministry, old ministry. Nice. <laughs> All Funny. ministry is old ministry. Yeah. Not the thrash, <laughs> good ministry like Twitch. And, um, we there was this nightclub, uh, this alternative nightclub called the Nine of Clubs. I'm like, Richard, you got to come check this nightclub out. And what happened when you started going to that nightclub, Richard? I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, John is directly responsible for me meeting my wife and getting married and the kids. And uh, but no, it's it's yeah, we, we went to the same nightclub. Um, he got me turned on to because I was not into nightclubs at the time, but uh, I was into the music. So we got into, you know, we went to the nightclub. It's got a, we had a good time. Then all of a sudden, somebody leaves and goes away. I joined the army. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, Richard was the probably the most brilliant man I had ever met at that point. <laughs> he was he was in with computers early. I mean, while the rest of us were had like TRS eighties, Richard was like building his own mainframes in his. <laughs> And uh, he was really successful, and that's great. But if you're from our small town and you weren't in computers or you didn't have that knowledge, you had two choices. Go work at the Ford factory or leave. So I joined the Army, and I, I was a broadcaster, radio and TV broadcaster, just like Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, but in Korea. Okay. <laughs> and so I left him. Bye. <laughs> but that's not the end of your comic book uh, dealing history, is it, John? No, not at all. Um, uh, it, it, when I was in the army, I took a part-time weekend job at a store called Adventure Comics and Cards in Monterey, California. Helped them run that and opened two um, two branches there. They wanted me to stay when I got out of the army. I'm like, no, I'm going to school. And I came back. I got a job at a radio station. You know, I, I don't like doing one thing. I have to do like nine things. So I was working full time at the radio station, going to school at night. And then I thought, I'm going to open a comic book store on top of all that. So I opened my own store, Astonish Comics and Cards. You always wanted to start up with the letter A, so you're first in the <laughs> And uh, it did well. It did well, but it got to be too much. So I sold the store after about a year and a half. Where was that at? Elyria, Ohio. Oh. That sound you hear is a tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> so you opened up the comic book shop in, back in Ohio. 
Yes, and I was directly competing with the meat mart, with the meat man, wow. my former boss. Uh, and I, and you know, we I can tell you some horror stories. This is an episode of our podcast where I go into a lot of the horror stories. But there was another, there was a competitor like two blocks from me, and he played dirty. He would send kids in. They stole my phone. Uh, <laughs> it was like a bad Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> that's, re that's redundant, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, no! Wow. So, but you know, that's having that shop. I met you know. I came and visited you there, and and um, you're also selling magic cards back then. Um, <sighs> oh, yeah. I, I wish I had that stock, man. I had all the original unsealed or sealed boxes. I carried all. You know those Marvel cards that everybody's going nuts for. I had crazy. case after case in the back room that I couldn't move to save my life. I see X-Force number one. I don't know if you guys are going to get into this later. I see X-Force number one selling for 25 bucks. I want to take a shotgun. Like, <laughs> well, funny enough, our, our next topic is comic book trends or the market trends. So yeah, let, let's let's just go into like the stuff that's going crazy right now. Like I the cards specifically, like I, I've noticed the sports cards the last few months had really been skyrocketing probably mm -hmm. since like the beginning of last year. But these Marvel cards, like this has been like weeks we're talking, like I've noticed this like craziness exploding. And is there any source to have a no. reason? Well, you know, we've been watching Marvel cards, John, you, you alerted us to Marvel cards uh, to full sets over a year ago Yeah, uh, to keep an eye out because People, dealers specifically, didn't have any idea of, of how these cards were valued now. They've been sitting in their, you know, in their um, display cases probably for, for years. And uh, I think what's happened, though, recently, and the same thing that's hit sports card is, is people are, they have no other avenue for entertainment. So a lot of things that just a year ago may not have been as exciting uh, to collect are just, their only real avenue. So uh, people are collecting sports cards. I know just buying a box of sports cards nowadays is almost impossible. Then um, the same thing with these Marvel cards. People want people right now. The 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 impetus for the uh, X X Force books is of course the um, the Deadpool, Deadpool card Deadpool. that's that's there. So and you know a, a high grade Deadpool card is worth you know, two hundred dollars, right, John? We saw that kind of price up in ebay i just i just saw a tweet from a guy we don't talk about on our show about you know everybody's talking about these deadpool cards you know it's it's crazy he's tweeting this like all the time i think there is some legitimacy to the cards and like richard said a year ago i flagged a couple of them like the later ones like the 96 95 boris uh viejo cards the, the nobody ordered them because cards were dead at that point marvel had bought clear you know driven it into the ground so those are truly scarce i do think the first set of marvel universe cards from 1990 there's something there with the holograms and everything because if you were a dealer and a year ago someone came into your shop and tried to sell you those cards you would have kicked them out and said why are you bringing those into my store and if you if you say no i would have bought them you're a liar um <laughs> and because of that, people like me who had multiple sets, I threw them all away years ago. Nobody saved those. They may have saved yeah. some of the later sets that were cooler, like the Marvel Masterpieces by Joe Jusco yeah. and Greg Hildebrand and people like that. 
But that first set where, you know, here's a Sal Buscema drawing of Cosmic Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's saving that? So yeah, I definitely do, have some of the Masterworks ones. I don't have any of the other ones. <laughs> I, right over here, I have a binder of uh, the Boris Viejo painting cards because I just yeah. love the, the art and I saved those. Those are cool. Yeah, that first set, it was like stock art, you know, no one cared. So this, there's something there. This Deadpool card, I, I they're, they're, they're claiming it's the second appearance of Deadpool. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just... <laughs> Okay, you're gonna go that way. Was he in Wizard or a fanzine? Uh, don't even he, go there. You're gonna go he's, down there. He's ninety-five route. No, let's not do that. The, the other excuse for it being two hundred dollars is some of them just aren't centered perfectly. Yeah, I, can can I say blow me? Do you guys? <laughs> yeah, you can. Sure. Okay. Blow me. I, think that's valid in that situation. I I saw some. I saw it on Facebook, but somebody posted. He meant the balloon. Blow him a balloon. I, I, <laughs> uh, it, was the, it was the uh, Hulk one eighty one cover card, and it sold for like six thousand dollars. It was graded. Beckett's graded. Not, I think it was a nine or a ten, but it was like five or six thousand dollars for this card, and it sold. Like who's buying? Me, we don't need new stimulus checks. Uh, Apparently not. People are swimming in cash right now, like Uncle Scrooge in his basement. Yeah, I, yeah but, but none of this stuff, you know, this is not going to be worth $6,000 in five years. Nope. You know, if you're going to spend $6,000, spend it on something that's going to be worth something. Buy a fantastic early Fantastic Four. Um, you know, that's where your value is going to be. These fads, like, you know, I call these these cards are going to lose favor as soon as people have some other alternative besides shopping on the internet. I mean, you're thinking this like vacation money, travel money, you know, what, you know, buying new stuff to, you know, go do something, you know, adventure sports style, you know, this is where, you know, all that money is just sitting in people's accounts. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was telling, you know, we were having like a conversation just amongst our group the other day. And I was like, think about like just the last 10 years in comic books specifically, how many characters that came out within the last 10 years do you think 10 more years from now are going to people are going to give a crap about maybe right. miles miles spider gwen well. after that i don't <laughs> yeah. even know I, yeah, <laughs> and, and spider gwen right. was a stretch and it was just like i see one character out of the past decade worth holding on to and i yeah. and i see you have a few behind you i have <laughs> i have one or two also but um, it's just yeah. As a fan of Red X, I'm very offended. <laughs> uh, I just think, you know, there is, I, I, I know I'm, I just took a big dump on the card thing with the exception of the, the first and last sets. I do think there's legitimacy there. Uh, but I do think, you know, we have a, a segment on our show called the 25 year rule, which is where nostalgia kicks in for what you loved 25 years ago or longer. And we got a bunch of kids now that were, you know, I say kids. People that were around in the 90s and bought these cards and they're in their 40s now and they're like, they're a little flush. Uh, they're not, like you said, they're not flying anywhere. They're not doing anything. So they're, they're chasing childhood. They're like me. They're rebuilding. I'm always rebuilding my childhood. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think, of, you know, we're having real talk here. I think there is going to be a reckoning once people get vaccinated, uh, the, the virus goes down, people get back out and about again. I think live sales are going to dry up a lot. Mm -hmm. You see books that if you went to a show, they're dollar bin books. They're selling for five, $7 on live sales. And I'm sitting back like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. 
that's not going to happen once shows are back on. It's true. Right. I do agree with you. I think there's going to be – I just added to that. I think there will be a little trickle. Like you'll start mm -hmm. seeing it slowly. But I agree once things really start within like the next – I would say two to three years by then I think we'll be full blown. Like, you know, people are really more comfortable doing things. I do like, cause right now I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there and I look at books and it's just like, and, and we just did a whole episode last about, you know, buyer beware. It's just like, you know, yeah, you can, sure. You can blame the seller for, for charging this high price. And yeah, you know, they're going to get what's coming to them eventually is like, but you're the one who's paying that price. You're the one who can't be patient and be like, this book last month was a thousand dollars less <laughs> with no reason why it's a thousand dollar more <laughs> this month. I mean, the December to January prices was astounding. The difference. Star Wars. Look at all the Star Wars books. Like what we've the hell? lived through this. We've yeah. lived through this already. We've seen yeah, it. It's, it's scary. And I'm telling you, the I was sounding the alarm on the podcast about a month ago. I'm sounding it even more. X Force One with the Deadpool card selling for twenty five dollars is the inflection point for me. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the shark jumping the shark. And Fon you're not the only ones. Yeah. Fonzie yeah. sailing over Jaws right now. <laughs> we, 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 I'm sorry, but okay. one last point at Adventure Comics and Cards, where I was a manager, I was there when X Force One came out. When I left two years later to go back home, we had. I'm not crapping you guys at all. 63 unopened cases of X-Force number one sitting in the back room. I didn't do the ordering. Uh, 63 <laughs> unopened cases. That's three stores in Salinas and Monterey, California. Multiply that by how many stores were around in the 90s. Yeah. Not a rare, scarce thing. I don't, oh, but the card's not centered. <laughs> we have we have a local shop here and I mean last Christmas they do this big Christmas raffle and you know they, they get like 50 60 people in the shop during this whole Christmas raffle and if you're complaining or if you're too loud he'll take a box of those exports and just start throwing them at you just to beat you up I mean he's throwing them at everybody garbage and I can only imagine how much John I mean how many how many more boxes he probably has thousands I mean he had those those masterworks the uncuts Remember that whole frame he had yeah. on the cards too? Like somebody walked away with that. Um, I we don't know. Is it like bounty? You know, oh, <laughs> yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, John, we had a our, our, our recent show. We talked about FOMO, and I think that's driving a lot of it too. Um, I, I, I think Marvel and DC have realized that psychologically they have their community over a barrel and they release these, you know, made up events yep. or characters, you know, first appearance of so-and-so and, you know, so-and-so is not going to be around in six months, but you know, people are afraid of not buying first appearance of so-and-so. And then they don't want to, they, they, they go out and buy the one in 10 and the one in 25 and the one in 50. And then they, Oh, we're going to print second print's going to be so-and-so's cover, but with a blue, Test. Oh. <laughs> and uh, this is the laziest thing ever. And people go and buy it. And it's oh, okay. Well, while you're still buying that, we're coming out with third print with red text. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we've seen that with Spider-Man, this amazing Spider-Man 55. It is the laziest thing in the world. I mean, um, I am guilty of that one for sure. I am but... too. Oh, trust <laughs> me. I'm saying it's lazy, but I still I'll, buy them. Yeah. I'll defend the original cover. I think the original cover was you saw it, you were arrested, you know, like, wow, that's right. cool. I think it is iconic. I do think 55 
will hold its value. Do I think the light teal version will? No. <laughs> Do I think the magenta chartreuse versions will? Probably not. But I, who, who, to your point, Richard, in 10 years, who's going to be excited about the designer? Oh, you know, right. you know, who's going to a clown hunter? Uh, right. You know, I'm not picking on Batman specifically. I guess I am, but um, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, these are mad to me. They're manufactured characters to take to to draw off this extra cash that people have. Mm -hmm. And you know, we talked about um, what Stabitha. I can never remember her name. I always call her Punchline. Punchline. <laughs> um, you know, she, she, her longevity uh, is 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 to me in doubt. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of movement, people buying her first appearances. And but, you know, again, I, I see both both of the publishers manufacturing characters and 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 second and third print runs while they're still selling the first. And it's 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 crazy. And it's not going to survive. I mean, in 10 years, like you say, no one's going to care about the designer. Yeah. And meanwhile, People, including me, have been buying up those kinds of books as opposed to, in my opinion, the better investment with your with your money is buying Silver Age or Bronze Age keys. Because once all this stuff clears, once everybody goes back to to, uh, you know, basketball games and, you know, playing in the park and you know, real life starts up again. And all of this, all these people who have come because they've got nowhere else to go, really, to the collection uh, hobby disappear. Those are going to the ones that are still going to have value. You know, we mm -hmm. as collectors are still going to buy X Men, you know, one hundred and one, and they're going to buy, you know, Fantastic Four number one, and you know, those are the things that are blue chip, and they're they're going to retain their value. So I think that's people need to start thinking now about, like John says, you know, <laughs> X Force is the jumping of the shark. Uh, I think you need to start now to think about which where your collection is going to be in five years. And start thinking about putting your money there as opposed to the the most recent stuff coming off of FOC. Yeah. So and to, to, sorry to button it up for trends. I think the the trend right now for us is there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We can all see it now. So you better start preparing for it. If you've yeah. got a stack of Venom twenty five still, well, I don't know. Right you might want to you might want to convert those to a Fear number twenty for Silo Morbius or something. Yeah, I've just been I've been trying to clear out as much modern as possible to make room for silver and bronze. And you know, you know, I know a lot of people say this, and you know, everyone's like, "Oh, well, collect what you love." I was like, "Yes, but also, you know, be smart about it. You know, right. collect what you love, but you know, put a little thought into it. You know, don't spend a thousand dollars on like a one in one hundred variant <laughs> of a character that What's you know, the first appearance, and then some." Some guy who's you know a comic book peddler like, oh no, his first appearance was actually in this magazine that we have six thousand copies. Of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, JJ mentioned uh, Star Wars, yeah. and I think that's a good good example. There are certain key characters in Star Wars that you can put your money behind, like you see um, Star Wars uh, forty two with the first um, uh, Boba, Fett. Boba Fett. Thank Boba you. Fett. Uh, those are those are those are important, but you know there are there are all these Star Wars extended universe characters. You know Darth Darth Momo. You know, <laughs> and, and people are are specking on some of these really obscure, in my opinion, characters. There are some good ones to spec on, 
I, I think uh, Sokatana was a good one because we know she's going to show up in DC Plus, or you know D the Disney Plus universe. Right. But some of these other, you know, some of these other ones, Reven, I think is an example. Reven, how you pronounce this, uh, is an example of one that may be really popular, but that doesn't mean that you're going to see them in the MCU at any time or, or the Disney Plus uh, universe. So maybe you don't buy four or five copies of that. You know, you buy one for yourself and then and then um, spend your money on something else. I, I thought of another jumping shark moment that's just happened. The the friggin' Keanu Reeves $2,000, one in 1,000 BS, whatever. You know that book yeah. is going to be this generation's Night Cat, number one. Uh, <laughs> or Dazzler, number one. It's But Dazzler's worth more, I think. Um, I, why? It's such a shame too because I I think it's actually going to be a pretty good story. Like it seems like semi interesting, but now there's like a hundred billion of them yeah. being printed. So yeah. it's got a huge print run, a thousand dollars. You can buy a low grade Hulk one eighty one. By the way, which is a warehouse fine book, not a scarce book. By the way, um, <laughs> uh, so it's it's frustrating to me. I I, I say this stuff in a snarky way, but I say it because I love the fact that people are excited. I love the fact there are new people in the hobby, but we saw what happened in the nineties. New people came in, they got excited. They bought a bunch of crap thinking it was going to put their kids through college. And then when it didn't, they left and we almost lost an industry and I don't want to see that happen. Yeah. There's, there's definitely people combination getting taken advantage of and then just kind of riding the wave at the same time. Uh -huh. um, and I, and, and I, and that's the thing too, you know, we, we harp on it all the time, you know, we want this hobby to flourish. You're like, you know, we're here, we're going to sell a couple comics every once in a while, but we're selling comics to buy more comics. It's yeah. not like, you know, we're not selling comics to like, Hey, I'm going to go out and like get a motorcycle. And, right. you know, right. I know. I know. We just have a live sale and the money as, as the money's coming, I'm going, Oh, man i could buy this comic or i could buy that one you know it's you're yeah. right you know yeah i'm like live sailing are... while watching another live sale and i'm buying as i'm selling it's all very exciting until you have to ship it yeah. <laughs> then you realize oh oh this guy bought is really more part we we for the last one we did, we just sat at the table, all of us, and we just started banging it out like a conveyor belt. It was it was pretty impressive. Uh, I think it was almost more impressive than actually selling the books. <laughs> <laughs> that was a late night. Yeah. I tell you. The other thing that worries me is uh, you have companies that are soliciting books that are intentionally low print runs and trying to get people whipped up into a frenzy. And, you know, if you don't buy it, you're going to miss out and we're not going to reprint it. Uh, I'm valiant, uh, triumphant. I can name all these companies that did the same triumphant and no one even remembers them. They used to number their books individually on the front cover with a little wow. serial number. And you know, it never works out that way. If, if your book is that bad that you have to sell it like that in order to get people excited, <laughs> instead of it being a genuinely good story, maybe you shouldn't be publishing it. <laughs> I say it's a bad idea. Yeah. That's the name of the company. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get a DM tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's cover a couple of other things that uh, that we wanted to talk to you guys about. So there's like other like different, you know, things that they like to throw at these books now. So what, what do you guys think about like the whole newsstand and like price variant 
thing. I, I feel like the, the price variant thing has been there for a while. The mm -hmm. newsstand has definitely grown more popular the last maybe two to three years, I would say. Price variants I'm a sucker for it, yeah. because I was there when the 35 cent variants were discovered. I mean, those came out in five metropolitan areas only, and people didn't even know about them until like about five, 10 years after the fact when they're like, wait a second, how come yours says 30 cents and mine says 35 or, uh, and so that one's truly exciting. I actually do chase a few of the Captain America 35 cent variants. Uh, Canadian price variants, sure. Um, newsstand versus direct, it depends. If you're talking 1979, if you're yeah. talking May 1979, <laughs> the birth of the direct market, direct market versions are rarer than yep. newsstand versions. I, I've heard like 90%. 5% <laughs> of the print run were direct sales at that point. Yep. Uh, 1986, you see a shift where it becomes 50-50. Yep. Uh, the argument, well, you know, newsstand books are more beat up and people didn't say them. That's a load of who he, I yeah. bought newsstand books since I was five years old in 1973. And I made sure they were, you know, <laughs> and boarded and carefully taken care of. I mean, so I've seen really crappy direct sales books. Yeah. I, we, we we're going to have a whole episode on that. And, um, the, the my entire argument, I, I found that that same article. And then like after 1992, the, the numbers shift dramatically. Mm -hmm. Sure. So if you want to get a nineties book, I understand that people I see like going for these like eighties books is like, stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. <laughs> I can tell you a harrowing story about a newsstand edition. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, um, I, I'm a big miles collector and Miles, uh, you know, Ultimate Fall number four was, you know, Miles' big book. And I, I actually started buying those a long time before uh, he got he got popular. I remember, John, I came across a stash of them of <laughs> uh, second second print. And I was sharing. Uh, it was just, you know, I, th I think what, it was five bucks. I, you know, yeah. gave me five bucks for it. I stuck it in the box amongst other things. Um, so, you know, when he, as he started to get popular, I decided to, to collect all different variants of him. And the newsstand was by far the hardest to come by. They say it's 5% of the print run for, for, uh, ultimate fall four. It's really, really rare. It came up very rare on auction. And at one point there was one available. Uh, I had seen only three and the other two got away from me. This one came up. I decided I was going to buy it and spent $967 on this book, which is not the most expensive that I've paid for a book, but definitely the most expensive for a raw. Um, and, you know, at the time it made it into, you know, certain other news sources as being the high, high price book. And at the time I thought, you know, part of me was thinking I'm insane to spend that much money. Remember, this is before, uh, the newsstand really took off. The following week after I got the book, um, we started to see the ultimate fallout effect from Miles Morales, where we had this perfect storm of, uh, you know, diversity awareness and uh, Spider-Verse of, you know, fever. This is and later on, we had the video game and all that. So my nine hundred and sixty seven dollars uh, at the time was a lot. Now <laughs> the book is you know, four times that number easily. 
Um, just in the span of this was a year, you know, it, it wasn't even a year, not even years, May, yeah, May, year. yeah. That this, this book is just, and it's it's there's a whole conversation about Miles and his role in in the future of comics and the future of movies and potentially. I mean, I got mine like March, literally. I think it was at the first. Um, we're we're really close with the people of Royal Collectibles, and that was like the first um Remedy Tour stop. So you yeah. know, I after the sale, I like I called up Mike. I was like, listen, like l- let me know. Like I I actually got the Avengers four and that book. I was like, listen, you know, what are we gonna do for these books? I want them both, and I got them. And like you know, he was even like, I don't know if I want to sell this one. I feel like it's gonna get hot, and it's just like. <laughs> I mean, it, it, like you said, probably four times as much. Do you still have that newsstand raw, by the way, or did you get it graded? I got it graded. It came back a 9-0. Um, okay. So it's it's on the wall back there. Also on the wall is is my Djevic variant that I bought for 850 bucks, And at the time, it was it's signed by Bendis. And uh, I got it cheap because the case was cracked. And <laughs> people are afraid of cracked cases. As, you know, as long as I can see the damage is it's someplace safe. <laughs> I'll buy it all day long, and then 15 bucks later, I got a new case, and that's that's basically what happened. That's great. So. Yeah, I, I had one of those laying in a box. I didn't even know I had it. It was still wrapped in this plastic. Never take. Ah! I didn't know I had it. I think I was going through a box. I'm like, oh look, this, I have one. The the great karmic justice of Richard's story about buying a stack of the second print for five bucks a piece. He bought them from the competitor. That I had a block for you on my phone. That's that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, definitely. It took, it took 25 years, but I got revenge. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, so I think we touched on this a little bit too. So there's a lot of people out there. I guess we'll call them influencers, and they do like their lists, and you know they have lots of lists, and you know they're telling the community kind of like what's hot, what's not. You know, what do you guys thought? Because we, we've shared our thoughts plenty on it. Yeah. I'm curious to get I, other people's thoughts on it. I'm stocking up on Mystic 15. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you may notice that we don't do top 10 lists. Yeah, um, we've stayed away from it too. It's it, First of all, it's not something that's interesting to us. I mean, if we oh, would do it, it's entertaining. Don't get yeah, it. Is, it is. <laughs> I feel like if you did it though, you'd just like get like we'd just get so like fatigued from it. <laughs> right. I think I love a good top ten list. I love a good BuzzFeed listicle. I think you know mm-hmm. it's entertaining. I think it's where are you coming from? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me is the most important part. If you're coming from a true exciting excited place, yeah. Sorry, if you're coming from a true excited place, and you know you're just sharing information, great. But I have a real problem, and I've talked about this on the podcast, uh, when people say, oh, it's sales are up 300%. That is a meaningless metric yep. because yep. that means you could have had one sale last week, and now this week you have three. That's 300%. Yep. So if you're going to throw out numbers and get excited and try to get people riled up, throw out the actual numbers, you know, there were, you know, 25 sales last week and now there are 58. So it's up a hundred percent. You know, my math is really bad. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, that part bugs me. I, um, I, I think I get it. 
you know, I, 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 I don't want to be too dismissive of it because it always comes off as sour grapes. I, I yeah. think there's something to be said for being there first mm-hmm. and, sure. and putting your flagpole in and, and you know, hey, I, I more power. I mean, I'll call it out. Comic Tom, he was the first-ish, I, you know, at least from what I see. Do I agree with everything he says? No. Do I think he was better a year ago before he started drinking nine cups of coffee before he started recording? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I, there is, like you say, there's entertainment value in the top 10 list, top five list, whatever. We as human beings are drawn to people organizing things and presenting them to us. Um, that's why you see all the different ads and, and people on, just look on the internet and you see top 10 lists everywhere. My, and I, I, I wait every week for the three different top 10 lists to come out. Um, and we talked about this last show, um, where those top 10 lists, I, I, I hope people don't use them as shopping lists because you don't buy books at their peak. You buy right. them, you know, at, at their, their, uh, nadir, so, you know, at their lowest price. So to me, if they're on that list, they're either at their peak or they're close to it. And, um, they are more, you know, here's what you should have bought three months ago right, as opposed exactly. to right. Right. You've you know, already missed the window. If, if you're seeing it on this list and you don't have it. <laughs> right, right. It's what it's basically telling you is go and see if you can find this cheap. Don't yeah. buy it for the price they're telling you because sometimes, you know, you know, you're at the LCS may have these books in stock or my, my favorite is going to LCS is they have books on the wall and you know, they've got a price on the book and, they just don't update it. So, you know, six months later, you know, if you had a miles book for 50 bucks on the wall, you know, six months later, that book is worth, you know, 10 times the amount that you got it listed for, you know, I'm buying it for 50 bucks all day. Um, so, you know, the top 10 lists to, uh, should not be shopping lists. And, but I think they're interesting. They provide perspective, but you got to realize the people who make these lists are not, you know, they're not, mind readers or they can't tell the future so and in some cases <laughs> the story they tell may not be like like the whole mystic um i think is problematic because it's based on a lot of information that it really doesn't have a lot of you know basis in reality but then again if you're just reporting sales and sales numbers that then you know maybe that's 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 valid but yeah, don't 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 use your top these top ten lists anything more than guideposts and just ideas of where the market is today, not necessarily where you want to put your money. Yeah, and we don't use these apps and like everything too, and we go buy them to kind of like see what's what's hot now. Hey, do I have this? But yeah. I, I, think thing, I think the thing is too is just like you know it's being a little bit more forthcoming about hey, this is probably more a seller's tool. Than a buyer's pool yep. at this point. Yeah. 100%. Just like, like, listen, it's like if you want to do this, absolutely. It's I think it's the kind of like shadowness that they're trying to be and like the backstepping and like, oh no, we're here for the community. It's like, hey, you're really here for the dealer. <laughs> I think you have to look at it like I do. Uh, yeah. I'm a little more forgiving than sure. I used to be. because uh, I'm like a thousand years old. So <laughs> I think you've got CNN. We we pride ourselves as or NBC News, that's a better one. That's a little less politically charged one. We're NBC News. Over here is Hannity. You know, it's opinion, it's excitement, mm-hmm. it's 
getting people riled up go buy this this is great you know it's entertainment it's it's a carnival barker and i don't hate it because i kind of sit back in like a weird perverse respect for it <laughs> because uh yeah you know but I think maybe it needs a disclaimer in front of it. Like, <laughs> Probably really for entertainment purposes only. Uh, but you know, all these lists are entertainment. You know, they're all you know they're all opinion. There's none of these. You know, unless you're looking at GPA numbers and and directly reporting what the sales right. values are, it's all opinion. So you know, you got to take you got to you got to judge for yourself how much you trust the source. And if you're selling your own mystery boxes and merch right. that really taints it. Sorry. Facts yeah. is facts. And, that and that's we've said is like, listen, you know, at least from what we've been told, you know, companies that do grading, they're not allowed to collect comic books mm -hmm. because it would be, you know, they'd be going, you know, there'd be a, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Conflict, a, conflict, of, a conflict of interest. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, when you're telling people what's hot and then meanwhile, like, oh, look at these. It's like, you know, I have 25 coming into your mystery box. And like, you know, that's a conflict of interest. It's like wow. maybe if you want to do this top 10 list, you shouldn't do the mystery box on top or do one or the other. You know, it's it just seems like I, I was always got the vibe. I was very interested in like this whole thing in the beginning. And then I was getting the like used cars salesman vibe like very early on. And I was just like, uh. and, you know, I was it was getting me angry and then. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to stop watching. I was like, that's what it is. It's, like, it's getting me riled up. I was like, I just, I don't need to watch anymore. I'll have other people tell me. And sure, it's the word's going to get out there when, you know, when they foul up big enough, like this mystic thing or other things. There but, is a TV element to it that I don't yeah. like. And and I think if you separated your your commerce from your reporting, that would go a long way to make people feel a little bit better about it. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. All right. So we, we've talked about that for long enough. Um, <laughs> let, let, let's move on. So one of the things that's really moving the market is all these like actual appearances in like movies and TV, you know, and it's, it's funny because we've talked to a lot of different people and a lot of different people have like opinions on how they feel about it. What do you guys think? Do you like the fact that these like appearances are affecting the prices of books or do you wish there wasn't really as much of a correlation? I, I find the excitement really just what you know being being a being a collector um there was a time when we had like the fox x-men movies and you know there's just the the movies did the opposite of driving the value <laughs> of prices up right um so i i'm really excited that you know well dc still does the same thing for their books so oh that's like pick yes. up your Pick up your DC comics, people. The the prices on them are, are fantastic right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, it's to see the MCU and the effect that the MCU, because that's really what's been driving yeah. prices of anything. Um, is it's been been wonderful for the collector hobby, in my opinion. You know, the movies are good, it, given there are some less good than others, but the whole arc for. Um, for the Avengers, I thought was incredible, and just the the people who are doing MCU, Kevin Feige right now, um, is doing an excellent job. Yeah. So he gets it. He gets it. You're absolutely right. He he gets what drives comic book people to collect, in my opinion. And so it's bringing in a lot of new people who just may not have been interested in comic books, 
it pulled me back into comic books, um, you know, an interest in it. So it, it definitely does affect affect the value of books. Now, one thing I'm not so happy about is the uh, the spikes that sometimes happen when new announcements come out. Yeah. Um, we see um, just massive of spikes for Star Wars books, for example. I'm not, you know, we're not talking about Marvel there. We're talking about Disney Plus, but it's the one that comes to mind because. Um, you know, Sokotano, that book, you know, her first appearance in Clone Wars, number one, um, a year ago, two, let's say a year and a half ago, it was it was a five hundred dollar book, maybe. Um, now it's a thirty five hundred dollar book. You know, yeah. this, it's it's unbelievable the value of that book. And that's all because of her appearance. But what I'm thinking about specifically is she is supposed to be hunting after a Grand Admiral um, Thrawn. Yeah. And if you've read the books. Uh, you know who Thrawn is, and you're familiar with him. Uh, not only the, the comic books, but also the paperbacks, which is what I grew up with, reading uh, the paperbacks of the, the Heir to the Empire series specifically. Well, the day before the episode where she and you know she is announcing which what her intent is, uh, looking for Thrawn, that I bought. You know, I was looking at eBay and I was looking at the prices of Heir to the Empire number one. And uh, there was a 9.0 for $99. There was a 9.6 for $226. I bought both of them. There was a nine. There was a 9.8 for about 500. I wasn't willing to pay that much for a spec. The day after that book, after that announcement was happened, the prices went in, uh, skyrocketed. That $99 book was all of a sudden $200. That that uh, $225 book was now $500. It's, it's $1,600 now. Um, and that 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 spike is all because you now not people didn't autumn recently just discover Grand Emerald Thrawn. Um, it's because of the announcement and the potential value of that book, and that, that that's what bothers me. The potential value uh, that the people that are driving the price up. Because it's not that, because there was a 200% increase in sales the day before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. Um, if that potential disappears, the values of those books are going to plummet. Uh, and I, I, I fear that some of the excitement from the movies generates is pushing this bubble. And we're seeing interest in books that don't really have any value outside of a relationship with the movie. Right. And if some, if that movie tanks, I'm thinking of, you know, the Blade movie or oh God, Eternals movie <laughs> as a perfect example. If that movie tanks, the value of you know the Eternals uh, series is just going to go right back to where it was before, which is dollar bins, quarter bins, and you know things like that. So I, yeah. I going it's going anyway. when the trailer comes out, not at not in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would posit it will anyway. Look what happened to Miss Marvel. Look what happened to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. People get excited. The movie comes out. It goes back down. The only movie Deadpool. New Mutants mm -hmm. 98 went up, New Mutants 98 went down, New Mutants 98's back up, it, yeah. when's the next sequel being announced? I think it got to the point of ridiculousness when, I think it was two years ago, maybe, yeah, two years ago, I was at Long Beach Comic Con, and somebody had Guardians of the Galaxy 42 and 43 on their wall, first and second appearance of Fat Thor. <laughs> Where I was like, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, the know? whole Jane Foster stuff that happened last year, too. So I think it depends. I think if it's, a, if it's you know, the Falcon, Cap 117 will always be a blue chip book. 
Uh, I think Captain America number five with first Winter Soldier, I think that's going to hold value. But, you know, these ancillary characters, you know, the first appearance of Cersei, I love me some Jack Kirby. I love me some Eternals. Eternals number three, a $1,000 book? Guys. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. All right, so I, I think we've beaten the um, the trends into the into the ground here. Uh, before we go into our our beat a geek, how about we um we just ended on a positive note? And uh, what do you guys like to collect specifically? And it doesn't even have to be comics. If you want outside of the world of comics, I see some uh, Toy Story would be very jealous of all the uh, the records you got back there. I'm uh, Richard. Can tell you, I'm my first love is really music. Uh, my day job is in music. I earn those, um, and. I have so much vinyl. It's, it's stupid. Uh, I can never listen to it all. It's just dumb. Nice. Um, you know, I'm not proud of it, but there it is. But uh, comic book wise, I really am. I, I like obscure, goofy, oddball stuff. I mean, you guys see my sales. I'm like, you know, here's my extra copies of Millie the model. Here's my, <laughs> here's my Patsy Walker summer fun fashion annual number two. Uh, <laughs> I just I like the fact that these books have survived without a bunch of collectors grabbing them up, and that they still exist out there. I mean, um, uh, Linda Carter, student nurse. Do you guys <laughs> know what that is? I don't know what that is. <laughs> a Marvel book from 1962 that ran for ten issues, and it was canceled to make way for Amazing Spider-Man because oh, Marvel wow. could only have eight titles being distributed through their distribution deal. So they had to cancel a title. And, you know, it's this book about literally Linda Carter, a student nurse, and nobody has it. Nobody cares about it. I see them. I get excited. That's the kind of <laughs> crap I like. That is cool, though, because there's like it's, it's nice that people are enjoying stuff that they're just purely love it, and it's not because of prices. And that is some of the coolest stuff. I mean – I, you know, I was into, like, I love Masters of the Universe. Like, I was collecting that. No one was collecting it for a while. And then the last year and a half, people are, like, all over it again. So, you know, one it is the, nice. Yeah. One of the best examples that we talked about this, I think, last week, uh, I bought nine, eight copies of Night Nurse back in the early 90s when no one cared. I think I got them for 4 or $5 a piece, and I thought I overpaid. $1,000 books because they just don't exist in that grade. And, and uh, you know, to, to complete the circle, Linda Carter, student nurse, ended up appearing in Night Nurse. <laughs> See, I am going I am going to be trounced in any trivia you can come up with. Um, my... I've had ver variety of hobbies through my life. Uh, like I mentioned, Magic the Gathering. I played that for a number of years. Back in back when Moxes and Black Lotuses and things like that were commonplace. You know, mm -hmm. I had a binder full of Moxes I used to buy and, and trade. Um, so that 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 um, is no longer a hobby of mine because it's too expensive. And I collect comics. Okay, so that tells you how expensive that is. Um, I'm a big car guy. I've always been a big car guy. I don't own a lot of cars, but I know a lot about them. Um, comic books have, you know, have really right now are the nostalgia of them is really driving my interest. Uh, I am a huge X-Men fan, uh, specifically the period from, um, you know, the new X-Men. To me, the new X-Men is 94 uh, 
yeah. to about 300. Um, that, that's, 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 I've got a full you, run of that. Anyone who's read the stuff before that now it's knows it's like, Oh, <laughs> oh it's, it's, you know, it's re reprints for a while there and before it and all that. And you're being generous going up to 300. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, yeah. Um, but you know, I am a huge John Byrne fan. I'm a huge Chris Claremont fan. So, you know, the run, uh, in that sweet spot between, I think the first one was 104, um, you know, is is my favorite are my favorite books right now. And and frankly, they're what I'm specking on right now because the attention, I always say it's Sauron's eye, is over here on Star Wars and you know modern books and things like that. But eventually, and I, I I'm seeing cracks that are showing the MCU may introduce mutants, you know sometime in the near future if you want. <laughs> i was gonna say maybe episode eight of wandavision yeah that's you know and if if you're bringing mutants in you're bringing in the x-men and you're oh, yeah. bringing because you got to get wolverine in there wolverine is coming yeah. it's not a question if it he, is he is coming he's literally and and i've told my friends this a thousand times this, marvel comics has two big characters like their batman and superman are wolverine and spider-man mm -hmm. that's that's what people pay the most money for they're the only ones who have had like how many solo movies on their own before this iron <laughs> i loved iron man as a kid he had a great 90s cartoon he wasn't packing people in theaters unless there was this mm. amazing movie even when it first came out it wasn't packing it in it was word of mouth that people got mm -hmm. into like that movie it was just you know but their money makers are those two guys they're the best yeah. their stuff's always the best in comics too. and it's amazing too uh because his early appearances he was but ugly I mean, his original <laughs> original costume, he looked like a cat you know, man like more than a whiskers. Yeah, I didn't get into that. <laughs> um, but to me, I think the the foundation of him, his popularity is there in that in that uh, John Byrne run sure. where, you know, he goes into space. He, you know, he fights the Hellfire Club. He's he's there with Phoenix and through the Dark Phoenix, you know, all that stuff you, you develop who wolverine is and everything after that has just been kind of in my opinion feeding off a lot of that of that um uh, character development through that period so that's that's my sweet spot that's what i love i'm buying up extra copies of that whenever i see them because i have a feeling you know people are going to turn to to the x-men as soon as you know wolverine is introduced into the mcu have you guys gotten any wish list books yet? I, I saw the last episode. You guys put a couple of, of books out there. <laughs> I don't want to reveal. Uh, I don't want to reveal yeah. much. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I have a line on one of my giant white whales. Okay. Yeah, and I actually in an auction here recently bought one of my golden age. It's it's not. I don't even consider it. Um, uh, on my wish list because the opportunity to buy it, I never expected it to be in, in the price range where I, I would be able to afford it. Almost wasn't, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going to hold off. It's supposed to be delivered tomorrow. I want to show it. I thought it was coming today. <laughs> no, it didn't come. If it came today, I would show, I would show it off. You guys uh, love this. He yeah. got a deal. Uh, well, not, uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be watching. We follow you now, Richard. So I yeah. had to find you before. I had to like do some research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely tune into the next show because I'm getting it in. It's coming in raw. I bought it from an auction. Um, I'm gonna press it and clean it, and then flip it off to not flipping it, selling it, but flip it off to uh, CGC 
with walkthrough. So walkthrough is an interesting wow. process. If you've ever done any submitting books to CGC, you know you know it takes forever uh, to do anything. And the way they got their price structured, um, once a book gets above a certain value, you just want to pay the walkthrough because you you get to the headline. You know there is there's supposedly there is no wait. You um, as soon as they get the book, they'll grade it and then send it back to you. I, I just did a walkthrough. It actually, instead of the one day they advertise, it did take two days. Hmm. Um, but so I'm hoping to get that book back graded and then on the wall. So wow. refund. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can't, I can't, none of the other uh, books that I mentioned and that are in my grail, I've managed to secure. Um, but I always have my owl for that. And I'm going to say it here too, because I want everyone to know I'm looking for this, looking for a love and rockets. Number one, first print, uh, high quality, you know, high grade. Oh There's my God, one... right over here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one 9.8 on the census. And so it's, it's definitely a hard book to find, but, uh, that's, that's my white whale for, for 2021. Very cool. I got my top book already. Oh, cool. What is it? I got a, I got a nine Oh white pager, uh, 181. Oh, oh, nine oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah excellent. it was. Uh, I I could have got it for about a third of the price five years ago, but I, I didn't like the way the cover looked, so I held out. And listen, I paid a little more, but it's not something I'm looking to flip. And I, I still think there's value to be had out of it. Oh, I but. completely agree. I completely agree. You know, we were we we're we we're in that period of time before he he shows up the MCU. Yeah. So now's the time. If that's your if that's your your grail now's the time to buy it yeah. as opposed to after he shows up. I'm, I'm more worried about my five-year-old daughter trying to poison me and take it. <laughs> she she likes looking at my stuff a little too much sometimes. Or JJ. <laughs> yeah. What about you, JJ? What's on your list this year? You know, um, uh, more fun comics, 74. I'm a, big, I'm a big Aquaman fan, so okay. I can't afford 73, um, but I think I can afford 74. So that's awesome. his second appearance. So we'll, we'll see. Do you have an Adventure 255? I do have that. Yes. Nice. Yes. I have, I have, um, I love that costume in that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm five short of the, because I'm trying to get the whole first volume one run. I'm, I'm five short on that. So anything with Aquaman in it, that's 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 my goal. I love it. That's great. And we've got a friend. That might be the first time those words were ever uttered by a human being, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we say it all the time too. <laughs> yeah, John and I have a mutual friend who is a huge Daredevil uh guy, and he has been hunting this year <laughs> to finish his run, and he just finished his uh his Daredevil run with uh <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I would love to do a Fantastic Four run. I've, I've, I'm trying to, um, trying to do that. But you know, that's those are some pricey books up there. Yeah. I'm five books away from having a complete um, to current Spider-Man run. Amazing! Wow. Great. Wow. I got my cap run from one hundred up. I just now I got to do my tales of suspense, and I'm just lazy. That's the only thing. I just <laughs> I'll be. I'll own it. 
what one day you know it's it, okay. the, the hunts part of the fun you know it is it is it, it's actually the most of the fun what you know once you actually get the book the next one but the 181 isn't even in like reaching distance it's already locked away with like some of the other books I was just like, I'll, I'll see it again in like three months <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the fact that everything is so accessible I mean, yeah. does that make any sense? I like going to a show and seeing it on a wall and going, oh, that's a decent copy and haggling. I, I like yeah. the whole tactile, you know, analog experience. You know, I got vinyl for God's sake. Uh, so <laughs> I guess it's in my DNA. 100%. I agree. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, let's move on before we keep you for too long here. Uh, although I could I could talk about comics with other geeks all day. <laughs> um, all right, so we're gonna do our beat a geek now, fellas, with ladies and gentlemen, all you uh, folks out there watching. So we're gonna do something different. We're gonna do John versus Richard. We're not gonna get involved because we think they probably kick, kick our butts anyway. As I as I was setting up the questions, I was like, "Oh, these are gonna be too hard for JJ." I was like, "I'm just gonna let those two guys do it." <laughs> I got some of these. I know. <laughs> I'm the All old. Right. Guy. I'm not the old guy of the group. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me put on my spectacles here. Oh, I'm there with you. <laughs> All right, do I need a buzzer? Uh, no, know. we're gonna. So you guys are each gonna. I'm gonna ask each of you five questions, and if by some chance there's a tie, I have a tiebreaker um, at the end. So we're gonna start with Richard this time because you got to give your origin story first, John. <laughs> okay. All right. So Richard, the first question for you. And JJ, would you mind keeping track of these for me? Sure. All right. Um, so we all know um, Norman Osborn appears as the Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man 14. But what is his first appearance as Norman Osborn? Uh, I actually know this, and I cannot remember which issue. Um, I know John is sitting there waiting to answer. You're <laughs> <laughs> all going to get different questions, but John um, will be allowed to answer if, if you don't get it. I, I can't. I can't. I can't remember. Not even John, a guess. John, do you know the answer? I think I know-ish it. 12? Is it ASM 12? No. no. <laughs> right before Ditko left. Oh. Not a, not, no idea. I want to say 34. Very close. It was 37. Uh, okay. So just so you guys know, some of these will be multiple choice. I'll let you know beforehand, but there's a few that you're just answer. Right. At least I have a chance with multiple choice. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, just, Richard, just the only reason I know that is because Ditko didn't want Norman Osborn to be the uh, Green Goblin. That's why he left. Oh, really? Him. He wanted to be a, a complete unknown because yeah, life is yeah. random and Steve Ditko is a Objectivist and blah 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 blah. Very interesting character. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, he didn't he didn't show up for a while after the Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. And so Stan had Stan and John Romita had to find someone in the supporting cast where it made sense, and they have this Harry's dad. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, John, your turn now. All right. So, which interdimensional magical character attempts to help Batman fight crime? In Detective Comics 267. That might. 
Correct. Yeah. How can he get Batmite? I know. <laughs> That's an easy one. Hey, I thought the Norman Osborn one was easy. Uh, it, 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 it is. It is. I spent too much time with uh, Spider-Man. That's my fault. It was either going to be Batmite, Impossible Man, or Mix It, Mix It, Yeah, Mix yeah. <laughs> Um. All right, Richard, back to you. Hopefully, this one's more in your wheelhouse. So it's not just comic books. It's all like geek culture. So just okay. Say- all right, so which game cartridge was initially included with the original Atari 2600? Now, this one is multiple choice. Is it A, Pac-Man, B, Pong, C, Combat, or D, Space Invaders? It was B, Pong. Wrong. It is not. No? Richard, I own one of those. I know. We all did. It's yeah. Com- it came yeah, with combat. combat. It was um, combat. Yeah, I thought for sure it was space, and maybe maybe we bought a whole bunch John of games get at the that. same time. That wasn't his question, though, JJ. You're just nervous, Richard. You're choking. Stop choking. Oh, I'm choking. <laughs> yeah, but but he he only it's only for his questions as he get he get right. so he only has one. All right, all right. So you're gonna get another question. It's gonna be in the video game era, and this one's also multiple choice, John. Um, what year? Was the Nintendo Entertainment System released in North America? Was it, it. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> was it A, 1983, B, 1985, C, 1987, or D, 1989? B, 1985. That is correct. Yay. Two for John. <laughs> <laughs> Never owned a uh, Nintendo. Oh. Sorry. Really, you're, do, yeah. you're doing a good job here. Now we um, went. I went from the uh, the twenty six hundred to a Radio Shack color computer. See what I mean? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> all right. Color computer. We all had TRSAs with a green monochrome in the <laughs> color. <laughs> all right, Richard, you're next one. Mm-hmm. Which comic do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first appear in wearing different color masks. That was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventure number one. Correct. Excellent. Very nice. I wouldn't have gotten that. (laughs) (laughs) That one I would have known. Um, (laughs) I don't have that yet. All right, John, yours next. Okay. What is the real name of the fictionalized city known as Sin City in Frank Miller's comic series? The real wow. wow you found my blind spot. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great, great book. Uh, I'm going to go with the obvious answer, Las Vegas. No, it was called Basin City. Uh, <laughs> very, good. Wow. very good all right so what is it it's two to one is that right yeah, two to one okay two to one. all right richard i got i got high hopes for you on this one this one's multiple <laughs> choice all right in the 1988 to 1992 superboy tv series which villain does not appear on the show is it a general zod B Bizarro, C Lex Luthor, or D Mr. Pixic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say A General Zod. 
That is correct. Very good. The best villain was Knickknack, as played by Gilbert Gottfried. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you got to give DC its props for their for their animated series. Uh, oh, that, that was live action. This one was live, yeah. Yeah, Superboy was live action. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah, was good one. so Superboy. <laughs> Bad Gilbert. <laughs> All right, John, your turn now. Who did not make a guest appearance on the 1990 live action Flash series? So I'm going to, this is multiple choice. I'm going to give you which the actors' names, not their character names. Was it A, Adam West, B, Angela Bassett, C, Brian Cranston, or D, George Clooney? Which one did not appear on the show? Oh, man. I'm going to have to say D, George Clooney? That's correct. Yeah, Brian Cranston was uh, was actually on the show. He was the one that surprised me. I remember watching that, and I remembered Adam West and Angela Bassett. Yeah. You remember watching that? That was possibly the worst television. <laughs> I, I was also <laughs> I'm a lot younger than you guys. I, I really enjoyed that show. Mark Hamill was fantastic. That was the that. that was the Highlander two of of TV shows. In my opinion. <laughs> no, that was that's the first real. I mean, think about it. I guess the Batman costume with uh, Michael Keaton started it, but that was the first real body molded muscle. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Kind of costume that kind of we, looked like a superhero costume. Of course, it's the Flash. He's not supposed to be muscular. Yeah, I, was, it, I was in the Gulf War when that came out. I never saw any of that. Too. My mom taped it and sent me the tapes. Oh, I didn't cool. get that. That and <laughs> while I was in We South. actually um, we spoke to John Wesley Ship, and he said like to get they had to like tape it, um, glue it to his neck. He's like <laughs> it <was> terrible, <laughs> so it wouldn't oh, move. No. Um, all right, great job. So we're back to Richard. All right, Richard. This one, I hope it's gonna be one that's fairly easy. Um, so this one's not multiple choice. Just so you know, who are the seven? Founders of Image Comics. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> all seven. You gotta get. Ah, uh, there's no way I can get all seven. Um, I know which one you're gonna miss. Yeah, <laughs> the one everybody misses. <laughs> Jim Lee. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, can't draw feet. Um, <laughs> we don't say his name on a show on the show. <laughs> uh, Liefeld. Yeah. Um, uh, McFarlane, um, crap. No, close. Close. <laughs> you already said him. <laughs> oh man, I, I can't think of the other ones. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're a fan of two of them. Oh, yeah, yes. I can't, I, I have no idea. Can I try? Yes, Larson. Eric Larson. Okay. Jim Valentino. Mm -hmm. Okay. I never, never have gotten him. Wills Portasio. Yep. I wouldn't yep. have gotten him. Jim Lee. Yep. Todd McFarlane. Mm -hmm. Did I say Mark Silvestri? No. No. Nope. That's six. And uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, 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 feet. Yeah. Feet. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. You haven't said life. No, I tell you, I've just with trivia. <laughs> no, no one ever guesses Jim Valentino. He's the no. one. That Shadowhawk. Yeah. <laughs> I should have gotten Larson. I definitely should have gotten Larson. I know. You met him with me in yeah. January. 
All right. Well, I think you're ta- you've taken it away here anyway, John, but we're going to give you the last question here. All right. How many issues of Miracle Man by Eclipse, their main title, were released? And who were the three different writers on the title? Richard, do you want to take this one? This no. is you. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, 19. Oh, well, okay. From 20, the main title. Yeah, 23 or 24? 20, I'm going to say 23. That's 24, okay. isn't it? The 24? Okay. Yeah. 24. And it was uh, Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, and um, three. Yeah. yeah. This The Ooh. third one, I didn't, I didn't realize there was a third one either. Ooh. Interesting. So Alan Moore. I'll give you a little hint. There was only like two or three issues. Gosh, I I thought it went right from Moore to Gaiman, from uh, the Golden Age to the Platinum Age or the Silver Age, whatever it was called. Gosh, I don't know. You got me. There's uh, Mindy Newell. Mindy Newell wrote backups. That yeah. doesn't count. <laughs> she she got numbers in there. <laughs> Mindy Newell. Yeah. She was good. Wow. She, wrote, she wrote Wonder Woman for a little bit too, when it was actually readable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge, huge Miracle Man fan uh, from the original series. Are so. you really? Do you have a lot of them? Uh, yes, unfortunately, because they're not worth <laughs> squat right now, <laughs> thanks to all the legal t- entanglements with the property. Um, but I have my hopes. I bought I bought five minty number ones just a few months ago, and I put them in my long long storage long box for hopefully because because Neil Gaiman said something about uh, there was some some of the issues have been cleared up. So um, I would take Gaiman writing it in a heartbeat, some kind of live action or even animated. All right. Cool. All right, so I think John won, right? What was the official score? Ninety-five to zero, and something like that. Forty-two. <laughs> Forty-two. All right. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Not too bad. John. John is. I, I. He could be a professional trivia answer, can't you, John? Oh, I. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why? Yes, I could, Richard. I'm awesome. Yes. You are awesome. You are super awesome. I'm trying to be humble. You got you guys are both awesome. How about that? thank you? Thank I'm trying you. to be humble, but it's hard when you're so damn great. I know. I know. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, guys. We really do appreciate you uh, joining us. And we have to do this again. Hopefully, when the world opens up, we can uh, all get together and uh, go to a show. Maybe you know we're we're planning this big march on the next show. Maybe like a mm-hmm. hundred of our closest friends and uh, that we've gathered over these last few months you know we I used won't... to do, um like once a year we do like an out-of-state show and there would mm-hmm. be like 15 of us and you know we know a decent amount of the creators and it'd just be a great time can't wait yeah. for that. hey and nycc i the next time they a- actually have a presence i will be there and we can awesome. look up for uh yeah, for a drink and... absolutely yeah we'll get crazy comics and you know i need to get back out to california. i haven't been up in california in a while i need to get back out there uh yeah yeah us us snow weather people uh definitely benefit Ugh. from being out in california <laughs> sorry yeah 
65 and sunny today. It was awful. It was chilly. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, why, well, why do you have your long sleeve shirt on? We exactly. don't want to well, 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 thanks for having us. We re, I, At least I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I know John did too. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, me and the camera? Come on. So we'll definitely have to do this again, guys. Um, Thank absolutely. you, guys. Oh, a lot of fun. How did follow people follow you guys right there? Yes. Uh, there you go. Yeah, Browns and Modern Gods. You got it. Mm -hmm. New podcast every Monday. Awesome. Yeah, we, we we give you a lot of credit. We do every other Monday. We do first and we do first and third. <laughs> we barely make it, everyone. <laughs> record and finished processing at 12.59 and 52 seconds. 11.59 and 52 seconds for noon here. Uh, <laughs> new record. Uh, all right, guys. Well, thanks a lot again, and uh, hope this show goes well, and uh, everybody gets their dream uh, wish list. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You too. All right. all right. See you guys in the comments, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What a great talk. I love those guys, um, Richard and John. They, you know, I could talk forever about comics and like stuff with them. I just, I'm a sponge for comic knowledge and they have, uh, they have some that I need. So I, I we went to them for it, but They're great. Uh, we had a fun time. Yeah, I, I'd I like to get them on the shore. Just, I can't wait to just meet them again. You know, just like everybody else we talked to just be a beer, kick back. A hundred percent. We're definitely going to have them on again, or maybe we'll do something with them in another capacity. Who knows? The sky's the limit. There you go. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much a wrap for us. You know, we did um, the Geek Beat was our closing segment there. So uh, we're just going to wrap this up by saying uh, make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button at the bottom there. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Uh, again, just reiterating, if you want to leave a comment, if you liked it, if you didn't like it, let us know. Uh, we have had some people on Instagram hit us up. We do really appreciate that. I am going to give a quick shout out. I uh, just need to double check the name so I don't get it wrong. I think it's anything and everything times two. Uh, that young lady and her husband have been watching, and she uh, she commented on it, and she said we're doing a great job and to keep it up, and we really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yes, it's anything underscore and underscore everything x2. Thank you. Nice. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, so if you're not – Following us on uh, Instagram, we're at, at LI Comic Guys and at Don't Feed the Geeks Podcast. And we're also on Facebook as well. So uh, hit us up and uh, we appreciate the support so far. And uh, yeah, thumbs up, comments, likes, shares, everything. All right, guys. Well, you know how it is. Until next time, remember Don't Feed the Geeks.